everyone. I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Larissa Russell, and I'm here with Noba Lee Wilder. She's a Danish actress and artist turned professional numerologist and writer living in Los Angeles. She's an alumna of the William Esper Studio in New York City and a certified match numerologist from the Institute of Numerology in Denmark. From 12-step programs to internationally acclaimed professional training and Balinese mask workshops, Nobili has explored personal growth techniques and the keys to understanding and illuminating the human condition through all her work. Yet the years of training pale in comparison to the life-altering experience of changing her name with the help of numerology. Blown away by the potency of this ancient esoteric tool, she decided to master it and is now an expert within her field. Nobili's first book, A Little Bit of Numerology, is available at your favorite bookstore today. She offers one-on-one name change sessions and group training in the sacred spiritual science of numbers and letters. Welcome, Nobili. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited for this. Yeah, me too. So can you share with us some of your story and your path and how you ended up where you are today? It's a long story and I'll try to condense it. Um, So I'm Danish and I grew up in Denmark and I come from a very dysfunctional family. Um, I believe that all families have like a certain amount of dysfunction. And uh, my mom was a high functioning alcoholic, which means that she could keep a job and seem normal, but uh, she was very influenced by not just drinking, but everything that comes with that of like dysfunction and the form of boundaries, issues, anger, emotional, like, yeah, just like sharing too much, not being too available as like a, a, you know, a caregiver. Mm -hmm. And my dad worked all the time. So I worked, uh, I grew up with parents who were either not there or actually there too much and that was tough Uh, and I actually found kind of a release in theater because I was used to a home where there was not a lot of truth I simply felt like people were not saying how they really felt and when big stuff happened uh, emotional outbursts it was all like played down And it was very traumatizing (laughs) on many levels. Uh, So in the theater, I found a kind of truth because you're encouraged to express what you're actually feeling in this moment right now and react to what's actually going on in front of you, in the other person in front of you, your scene partner or whatever character is in front of you. So I spent many years in the theater and that really healed something in me. But I also believe that many... uh, Many children of dysfunction find the theater to live out their dysfunction in a more like socially appropriate way on stage. Um, And I was really challenged. You know, I had a really challenging, my 20s were tough. 
and a lot of no's and a lot of closed doors and a lot of just like, I'm very talented. I'm very good at what I do, no matter what I do. But the doors kept just slamming in my face and I did not like it. <laughs> and then in 2014, I had a friend who suddenly changed her name. And I was like, wait, what? Are we doing this now? Like, is this happening? Are we now like changing our names? Like actually like because of spiritual reasons and vibrations and stuff like that. And her life really changed because of that name change. And I was like, okay, okay, well, I've tried all the other things, you know, I've done the 12 step programs. I've done the Balinese mask workshops. Like I've done all the things on all the levels. Why not do this? Mm -hmm. So I went to a neurologist and she said all the things that she could, I mean, she, how did she know the stuff that she knew? Just from looking at my birthday and my name, I was like, what? It was amazing. And also like horrible at the same time, like seeing all my shadows like that. So I decided to do what she said I should do, which was change my name. Um, and that just like catapulted me into my own spiritual awakening and wanting to know why, like, why does this work? Like, why does name change work? Um, why does numerology work? Why does the law of vibration work? Um, yeah, why am I now more myself with a different name than I ever was with my old name that I never liked? Um, so that was the journey. And like, also from having a very long period of time in my life with no love at all, um, I was single for eight years and I didn't even, I wasn't even really interested in love. And then to changing my name and finding love and suddenly wanting to get married and suddenly getting lucky enough to, um, we won the green card lottery together. So we had a chance to stay in the US. Mm -hmm. I met him in New York, but he is German. Um, and like all of a sudden, all these doors open. And I mean, I also just wrote a book because someone reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to write a book about numerology. If that's not lucky, then I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, so the story is one of great struggle, but then I feel like now where, you know, success have found me in a different way, then that's a different kind of challenge because success in any form can actually be just as challenging. To right. to expand and be like, okay, I'm allowed to do this. I'm allowed to write that book or share my view on things in that way. Wow. That, that's, that's an amazing, um, you know, I do, I do, I believe in numerology myself and we've got numbers around the house and, and mm. different areas and different things like that. And, and I'm getting married next year and I'm like, do I change my name? Do I not change my name? Cause I also changed my name, um, a few years ago. Oh. I went back to my birth name that I had never used oh. and it had to do with um, being more truthful and being more honest with myself and being my true self. Mm -hmm. And my whole life changed when I went back to my birth name. And so now that I'm getting married, it's like, I'm, I'm questioning whether or not I should change my name. I mean, if you want <clears throat> my opinion, I, I'd say if it's going well, don't change anything. You know, because it will, it will change things. Yeah. And without like, you know, referring to like going into depth or doing a session, I can't say how it will change. But 
It's just the fact that when we change our name, we do change something in our vibrational field. And that also affects our relationships and how we approach life. And I often, when I have sessions with um, people who got married and took each other's names or whatever, and they suddenly go like, you're not the man I married, or like, you've changed. And I'm like, but, I mean, yeah, of course. Not just because of life, but with the name change, there is, and especially also in marriage, there is like a whole different feel when you decide to commit to each other on that level. Mm -hmm. And then also commit to like, okay, I'm going to try out your name vibration. I'm going to try out something that you know very well. And we might not like each other, you know, in that vibration. It might like, you know, create conflict. It can. And that's interesting because I know of so many couples that over, um, like they'll be together for 10, 15 years and then get married and then split up within a year after getting married. And it's like, I wonder now, in hindsight, was it the name change, you know, that changed? It can, it can definitely affect it. I also think that, well, everyone has their own unique journey. If you split up after one year, then, you know, you could always question if getting married was like some kind of not last resort, but like something where we're like, okay, we're going to really commit now Yeah, because we need whatever, some kind of... Um, token from each other that for that's whatever true. reason we don't feel like we have anymore that's but yeah true. that's yeah I, I I mean for someone who lives off of changing people's names I'm really not <laughs> you know for doing it unless you want to actually change your name and right. like life in turn in that way well I might have to do a session with you just to find out that <laughs> well, okay. yeah <laughs> so what does healing with creativity mean to you I think I need to like bring intention into the sentence of like any kind of creative field. And I mean, I found so much release in acting and physical acting and dance theater and masks and like energy work in that like sense and creative field. But I also realized that if I didn't have an intention behind why am I doing this class or like I have a higher purpose to this or I'm not doing it just to be seen by the teacher because I need to get some kind of validation or you know I'm not doing it watching myself from the outside which is I think something that all like artists do at some point they're like oh this is hard now I'm going to step outside of myself and look at whatever I'm creating or this process and I'm going to judge it in hope that it'll get better because I judge it but it just doesn't work. Um, So like healing through creative fields, I feel like the intention needs to also always be some form of serving. I was very aware that when I acted, I had the ability to make other people release whatever situation I was showing them. Maybe they didn't have access to their anger. And by me having access to my anger on stage, I gave them a way to release their own. That's why we go to the theater even when we know the story. We want to see them go through the motions. We want to see the actors believe. You know, we want Romeo to fight for his Juliet. We want to feel that level of love and commitment. And it's like teenage angst too. Um, and that's how we like release our own emotional life through that. But I feel like it's helpful to have that intention for it. So with all my, I mean, also yeah intention is everything 
for, I mean, if you set an intention, then I feel like everything gets elevated. Yes. Even if the intention is just to, you know, deeply enjoy it. I've definitely also done plays just because this is going to be so much fun. And my intention is to have the most fun on stage, knowing that that will also help whoever mm -hmm. is watching. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. And do you think there's a driving force that inspires you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think so. so. What would that be? <laughs> um, I mean, I think the meaning of life is to enjoy it. And I think the, the meaning for me, like uh, the force of nature I am, the, the creative field that I like play around in, the way I find ways to create within even my business. Um, I think the meaning is creation. And I'm just like the tool in that or the instrument of something. And I don't even name it. I don't have to call it like the universe or God or the goddess or any kind of source. I just feel it very present, especially when I'm not judging myself from the outside, especially when I'm just doing whatever I want to be doing in a joyful way, then I feel connected to everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, that's wonderful. And you touched on this a bit uh, earlier, but how has a past pain in, informed your life purpose? And how do you specifically want to contribute to life, your life? My mom died in 2013. And I had just finished the 12 steps in a 12 step group at that point. And I was very, very at peace with my own journey. And her death was a confirmation that I could get over things, something I did not think I could ever get over. My own dysfunction, my family dysfunction, my relationship to my mom, my level of like, I don't want to forgive anyone. I just want to be in this like teenage anger against everyone, you know, mm -hmm. blaming everyone else for my journey or why stuff is not happening and realizing that I had gotten over the pain of my childhood just before my mom died made me realize that I would also get through that right. and I think a lot of people when they lose their parents or anyone close to them that that's the first time that they feel that level of pain and they really do question and I understand why I mean I do understand why um people uh, would do anything to see their loved one again. Pay money to a medium, do whatever kind of regression or like anything to see them again. I really understand that level of pain. Mm -hmm. But knowing that I had gotten over something that had limited me for so many years, I knew that even though the pain of my mom's passing was like horrible and sudden and ugh, I also knew that I could get through it and that means I mean I feel like I've really been through a lot of shit so I keep thinking you know I truly believe that the worst is actually behind me because I cannot uh, I mean that was that was a tough childhood and that was tough losing my mom uh, because everything was also tied up to her like emotional but yeah. by getting through it 
and also knowing, you know, any kind of loss, you, we only hurt because we love. If we did not love, we would not hurt. And that was also a confirmation that like, no matter the horrible things I had to go through, I was still able to love. Right. And I mean, again, it's horrible, but I also think we're here to actually experience the emotional depths that a human can go through. I don't think it's supposed to be smooth, calm sailing. And it's actually a gift also to hurt because then we know we can love. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I have to agree because I, I because if it's not supposed to be that way, then I really got the bad end of the deal. <laughs> yeah. Similar life to yours. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I really hope that there was a purpose to that. Um, I think there is, it's made me who I am today, but yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. And what is your favorite creative healing modality uh, or a way that you use numerology in a creative way? There's so many layers to this. Oh my God. Okay. Um, I visited Bali a while ago and I really realized that one of the ways that the Balinese people approach everything is creation. They don't wait for the buyer in that sense. Like they create because it's beautiful to just create. And again, like I mentioned earlier with the, like they don't step outside themselves and go like, Oh, I need a sales funnel or, Oh, I need like this amount of buyers or, Oh, I'm going to go ask someone what they need. And then I'm going to go create it. They really create from such a pure place. Mm-hmm. And I uh, feel like, even though I'm not acting right now and neurology is all I do, I still approach a name change, not from the like, look at it from the outside. What would this client maybe need? I look at it from the inside of like, what is my own creative, intuitive way of approaching this birthday? Like, you know, because that's how we do it. We look at a person's birthday and see like how Deeply can I understand this birthday and the energies at play and how can I think what could be, what could be created as a container because our name is also a container. What would be the most supportive container? And I feel like that happens from within me and not stepping outside. Does that answer the question? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And um, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment to date? It's probably not self-sabotaging my relationship when he finally arrived. I mean, because I have done great things and I'm very lucky and some of them are material or like, you know, writing a book that comes out nationwide and globally in your third year of business is also a great accomplishment. But for me, from, from a personal standpoint, I'm like... When he showed up, I was like, okay, everything in my head and everything from the outside says like, it's not a good idea. And like, what are you going to do? And you're Danish and he's German. You live in New York and like what? And he's younger than you. And you have all this baggage (laughs) and all the things. And I consciously worked on putting down the baggage. And every time I got triggered or I felt like I should pull away, I was like, are we reacting from past traumas? Are we scared? Okay, that's okay. It's okay to be scared. Um, and we've been married for a little more than two years now. 
and it's my greatest accomplishment is to is to be able to be healthy in this relationship treat him right treat myself right express my needs laugh at myself when i'm being too serious um yeah because that teaches me i mean just as a test of your own personal growth is going home to see your family. That's a test. It's also a test to be in a romantic relationship. And for me, that's also my own tracker of like how I'm doing is like, how am I doing with him? Am I able to be present? Am I running away? Am I blaming him for my troubles or whatever? Mm -hmm. And the, the greatest accomplishment is, yeah, to be in a healthy romantic relationship. That was not, available to me some years ago so yeah that that is a great answer i love that answer um quite often people and and not that this is wrong but quite often people it's those external things like you know writing that book that you just did and and things like that but that to me is the epitome of 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 health and healing and and the work that you know that yeah because it's also i mean that's the we are mostly every day grateful for the people in our lives, right? Like when I put my head on the pillow at night, I don't think about the book. I think about the person lying next to me or the friends I've spent time with. And I'm not even that social or like introverted or whatever, but these are the interactions that I'm truly grateful for and that I know that I'm, I'm the one also making them happen. Where you know, the book or the business or all these things, they're great too, but if I didn't do them, I'm pretty sure someone else would. Yeah. Someone else would have heard the calling to write the book or, of course, it's unique through me, but, you know, someone mm -hmm. else would create that creation. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I really believe that too. I've had so many things in my life where I had this, you know, amazing idea and I didn't follow through. Mm -hmm. And then a year or two later, somebody else did. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man, because <laughs> it's out there in the universe, right? And if you don't yeah. grab it, somebody else will. And, and so now I'm really learning, you know, to grab those inspirational ideas and run with them. So and that know that the timing is right when they present themselves. Yes. Exactly. It's not like, hey, I'm an idea that would like to live in your drawer for a couple of years until you're ready. The yeah. ideas are usually like now. Yeah. I would like to be created now. Yeah, exactly. So if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would it be? I mean, of course, it's the level of the understanding of how much our names shape our life. It is the law of vibration and such a simple law. And it is like attracts like, but also that we, of course, pass on what we know on so many levels. And I feel like uh, that's part of what I hope whenever I meet someone, especially younger people, uh, because then I know they will think about it when they name their children, whether they use me as a numerologist for the naming of their kids, or you know, if they you know, find a different way of doing it, but just the, le the taking responsibility for our own vibration. And also knowing that any kind of spiritual tool is, wielded by whoever feels the connection so like my way of doing numerology is not the end-all be-all way of things I'm not the guru in any way and when I find people who want to lift me to any kind of pedestal I'm like no 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 you're missing the point mm 
-hmm. you're totally missing the point. I'm all about handing the power back to you. Because also changing your name is just, it's a big fat invitation to the universe to like finally deliver some goodies on your doorstep. But that also means that there is a new evolution that has to happen. You have to open the door. Yes. And, and yeah. Right. Yeah. That's great. And what strength-based inspirational advice would you give someone? Yeah, I mean, trust that even when it's not working out, it is working out. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and, and also, I mean, for all women, especially, that trust if you want to lead, and if you have an opinion about leadership, you probably have that opinion and that call to lead because you should step forward. Um, and then it can look, it can really look any way you want it to. I mean, I have leadership as part of my life lessons and goals in this life. And that means that I have a ton of opinions about how other people do it. But it also means that I need to step forward myself. I can't keep pointing fingers. Right. And it's that thing, you know, you, I mean, it's easy to judge the people in the arena, but once you stand in the arena, the whole, everything looks different. Right. Yeah. So just step in. Oh, that's great. Um, and do you have an inspirational quote that sums up your life journey or one that, you know, I totally have. And I found it for you because I want it to be the right one because it's not short. So it's a Martha Graham quote, and I'm going to just read it to you. Okay. Okay. Uh, There is a vitality, a life force, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And there is only one of you in all time. This expression is unique. And if you block it, the world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly, to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in yourself or your work. You have to keep open and aware directly to the urges that motivate you. Keep the channel open. No artist is pleased. There is no satisfaction whatever at any time. There is only a queer divine dissatisfaction, a blessed unrest that keeps us marching and makes us more alive than the others. Oh, I love it's that. long, but it's good. Because <laughs> <laughs> it like touches like yeah. all the feels. Because <laughs> it really is true of keeping the channel open. Mm-hmm. It's my mantra, and it's my mantra when I acted all the time before I went on stage. I would just be like, that's the job, keep the channel open. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they paid for. They didn't pay for anything else, but for you to keep the channel open. And it goes for before my sessions now that I'm like, I don't know what comes through. I have a mental image of where we're going with this and how this name change is going to play out and how the session is going to play out and all the things I want to say. But I'm just going to keep the channel open and trust that whatever I'm going to say is what they need to hear. And the less it makes sense to me, the more right it probably is for them. Right. Of like yeah. whatever images I need to, I mean, whenever I am in session, I get all these images and I'm like, I have no idea if this makes sense, but you know, I explain it and suddenly people are like, oh yeah. And I'm like, okay. It's not your message. It's their message, right? Yeah. And I don't, I mean, again, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, this is genius. I came up with this. 
<laughs> and other times it's like, I don't know why we need to talk about cars right now or whatever the image of like, yeah, I don't know, birds or fruit mm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. And would you like to share just a little bit about your book? Uh, is it, it's released already or? Yes. It just okay, came out here that? in October and the title is A Little Bit of Numerology. And if numerology is at, at all like interesting to anyone listening or, or seeing this, then I would really recommend it. You know, I touch on the story, like the history of uh, numerology, different schools of thought, because of course there's not just one. Mm -hmm. You learn your base numbers, you learn how to calculate a name vibration, and you even learn, because I have case studies in it, to start like reading domoroscopes, which is how your names affect your life. So you can really nerd out with me if you want to. And of course, there's like a bonus at the end of the book if you want to go deeper with it. Um, but I really recommend it if you've ever like, I mean, because we all have a story about our name, right? Like we all have a story about our name. So it's just really interesting to see, and especially if we've ever changed our name. Nomoroscopes, and nomoroscopes are kind of like horoscopes. You know, they are determined by when you're born and your base numbers. And yeah, I really recommend it. It's a good book. I like it. <laughs> and it's available nationwide, you know, everywhere. And I would, of course, say, you know, uh, support your local uh, indie bookstore uh, or go to novaleavewilder.com and uh, find it there. I have links to like everywhere if you don't want to support Amazon, but it's okay if you do. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, I, I so appreciate you doing this and I just, I, I just really enjoyed this talk uh, together. And so I just want to thank you so much for that. Thank you. And Good questions. <laughs> I'm glad.